VHS and chill. Marty leads an ordinary life. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. Well, history is going to change. And 1985 is not his year. But Dr. Brown is about to change all that. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Hello and welcome to another episode of VHS and Chill. Here we are, the three amigos in uh, a tight space with a funky lamp ready to discuss. Funky kink. <laughs> Is this the new kink you were looking for? It's <laughs> a little runner. <laughs> Uh, ready to discuss uh, a retro film from our childhoods. Very retro. How are you boys today? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm workshopping a new <laughs> guttural noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's your top five, yeah. in your top five guttural noises. Uh, I, Jeffrey Kitt, one of the co-hosts of the show. Mm. Very well, thank you. I didn't even introduce you. My name That's is right. Roisin Mulligan. I'm a little cherub. What's your blood type? Uh, I don't even know. Check your cedula. <laughs> like, I actually don't know. You How don't bad know. is that? Yeah. I don't a, know. B negative. Uh, a positive. If really? either of you want any plasma, I'm universal, baby. But I am getting my blood <laughs> I'm getting my blood test on Monday, so if you want to place a bet, uh, uh, now's the time. You are so O negative. <laughs> <laughs> Common blood. <laughs> uh, I am sat here with my two co-hosts, Jeffrey Kitt from Australia. Double introduction. I love it. Yes, hello. And Rudy Davis from Ingerland. Ingerland, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How you doing? I'm very well. Apologies. I'm 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 feeling rusty. I'm like a rusty nail today. It's because I just I was just reading about Army Hammer. Oh mate, that would throw anyone for 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 a loop, I think. That that really I'm was something. <laughs> I could really go some ribs. <laughs> Does anyone else crave brains right now? <laughs> uh, and let's get to the bloody year, shall we? Let's. So let's uh, cast our rods back to <laughs> the middle of the new wave, 85. Um, so we are peak Reagan and peak Lady Thatcher. Uh, and it was a year of new beginnings. Mm. It was a fresh face in the crusty old Soviet Union. Gorbachev. Gorby. There was a crisp taste on the palates of the Western world. Gorbachev. New Coke. <laughs> New Coke. I'm more and, of a Pepsi-free kind of guy. Oh, I'm more of a tab guy. And there was a crisp sound emanating from the high fires of the West. The compact disc. Oh. Ah. And one of my favourite songs of all time was released. Oh, it's got to be... Al Simon, uh, Paul Simon? No. Michael Jackson? No. Ooh, New Order? Close. Ooh, Depeche Mode? Close. Oh. <laughs> I mean, everything's tears, a similar genre. Tears for yes. Fears? Oh. Head over heels. Other one. Uh. Shout. Other one. <laughs> the, uh, 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 everybody uh, wants yes. to rule the world. Bam, bam. And on the film front, we had a few more classics. Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yes. The Goonies. Yes. And one of the greatest films of all time. One of probably the best sci-fi of all time and the best time traveler romp of all time. Oh, my God. A lot of old times there. What was it? It was 
Robert Zemeckis's 1985 hit mm-hmm. Back to the Future, mm-hmm. baby. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take you there with Haiku 1 of this week's film. Act 1. Some plutonium and a young, edgy heartthrob. The power of love. I love this opening scene, I've got to say. Yeah, I love the camera work. It's like yes. just close up and all the equipment. It's so, it's so much science. It's so yeah. cinematic, and it's yeah, yeah. no surprise that this is a Steven Spielberg produced film. Um, just the mm. way that this opening shot pans over the yeah. crazy it docks. Does, it doesn't uh, reveal anything garage. straight away, which mm-hmm. is very Spielberg. Keeps the audience waiting. Quite, yeah. but I did like that they mentioned plutonium. Mm-hmm. On the radio, you know, something something's yeah, funny something's been stolen. is happening yeah. in town. And they pause on that part. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In other news, a batch of plutonium <laughs> has been stolen from Libyan terrorists. Moving on. I am Hill Valley. But it really then kind of builds the tension to meet our main character because we see someone enter the scene. Great shoes. Like red Nike Tick classics. Yes, I had those yes. when I was like 14, 15. Mm. Oh, I loved them. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. And we don't see his face for, you know, 30 seconds. Mm. And when we finally do meet young Marty McFly, a.k.a. Michael J. Fox, you just think, what a cool dude. Like, what an outfit. I really do. Denim jacket. Right. Um, body, life preserver. Body, life body preserver. Warmer. <laughs> body warmer. And he had like a matching uh, maroon vest. Or like crimson vest to match the body warmer. Mm. Jeans, those Nike trainers. Oh, like he wouldn't look out of place today. He would look very no, yeah. sharply dressed. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a hipster yeah. harkening back to that era. Um, so once he basically gets blown into the corner of the garage, he's off to school and we get to, you know. Yeah. That 24-year-old man is off to school. <laughs> <Yeah>. Slow learner. <laughs> well, he's, he is an idiot. He is quite short. He's one meter 60, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, he's a, so small, he's a small man. But it makes, him, be, makes him all the more cute though, doesn't it? I was thinking that. Oh, I don't know in like feet. Five, five four? four? That's really four? small. Five, five? He is pint-sized, but he must have passed as a, a young whippersnapper for years. Uh, quick note of when they do play the theme tune from this film, Huey Lewis and the Newses's <laughs> Power of Love, Huey Lewis makes a cameo. Uh, Who is he? Who what, is he? He's in, the, he's in the town. He's in the gymnasium. Oh, he's one of the judges. He's the judge saying, it's too loud. Oh, no Sorry. Oh, Mr. No Huey Lewis himself. <laughs> the News didn't get the call. Just Huey Lewis. Um, but we actually yeah, meet uh, friends and fam of Marty McFly. We've got uh, back at home his loser dad, George. Mm. We've got Lorraine, the mother, who looks a bit worse for wear, doesn't she? A bit of a boozer. Yeah. <laughs> the mum's more alcoholic vibes, but certainly took you know the wrong choices in life. Um, yeah, I mean, the dad is pathetic. Yes. And, and inexplicably about the same age as uh, Marty McFly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone who also aged quite strangely in this film is the doc himself, who, let's just jump Ageless. straight. Yeah. Let's just His jump hair straight is to slightly longer in the <laughs> yeah. 50s. Yeah. So the doc is played by... Christopher Nolan. No, Christopher... Uh, what's his last name? Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, yes. So, Doc Brown, a.k.a. Nolan, The Dark Knight Rises, he's told him to come to the... Come hither. Come hither to the parking lot. <laughs> Young man. At 1.30 in the morning for some inexplicable reason. Marty, just meet me in the fucking parking lot. And it's, their relationship is never explained. Well, I wanted yeah. to ask you guys, for the whole running time of the film, I thought that they were relatives of some description. Yeah, I thought that maybe he was well, the that's mum's the dad, yeah, exactly. like yeah. in Rick and Morty, but yeah. no. Just an unexplained friendship. He's between. Yeah, definitely gives off Rick vibes. But Rick and Morty don't do time travel because it's a cheap pack the doc is just out of this world isn't he I, I, i've written a note here about his eyeballs 
Oof, manic. Yeah. <laughs> Ma- yeah. manic. Manic. Always protruding out of his head. Mm. Uh, something also from this scene that I didn't remember on the first watch was Libyan terrorists. Yeah, yeah. it's like, well, it's a bit of a lazy plot device. Was this an issue yeah. in 85? <laughs> Marty. Marty, it's a secret, but I'm being chased by Libyan terrorists. <laughs> Who I bought the plutonium off of, as you remembered in the opening scene. Make sure the camera's on so you can record this. <laughs> but one thing you know that it's, you know, some serious shit is about to go down is when they swear in PG-13 movies of the 80s. I think they're allowed like one or two curses. And when Doc says, as soon as this DeLorean hits 88 miles... You're going to see some real serious shit. I'm so glad. You just know. You just know something is going to happen here. I'm so glad you brought up like the, the token swearing that yeah. happens in kids' movies. 100%. When it's like, yeah. they all, and it's always shit. Right. Like always. Because they can't get away with a fuck. No, can they? they can't get away with a fuck. But Certainly never a cunt. No, never a cunt. You're going to see some serious cunt. <laughs> what? When you go back to 55, there's going to be some sweet cunt. <laughs> <laughs> what my mom dad what the hell are you talking about that's man? my mom yeah. bro <laughs> oh my god they found me I don't know how but they found me run for it Marty who 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 do you think the Libyans holy shit but uh, he does see some serious shit as the doc gets basically murdered in cold blood by these bastardly, dastardly well, Libyan, <laughs> Libyan terrorists. You're gonna cross the Libyans. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the doc gets basically murdered, and uh, as the Libyans are giving chase to poor young Marty McFly, he hits the 88 mile per hour threshold. And- accidentally, very speed esque. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When that DeLorean goes above 88 miles an hour, a bomb will be triggered by the Libyans. <laughs> <laughs> and wham bam thank you ma'am before he knows it he is in 1955 at the original location of the Twin Pines Mall mm-hmm. Q Act 2 and Haiku 2 Act 2 thanks to the Libyans Paul Marty is off to 55 ah hi mum <laughs> so I feel like this whole second act obviously he's getting acquainted to the fact mm-hmm. that he's in the 50s yeah, there always has to be weird. that adjustment like, yeah. I can't believe that this is going to be happening every right. time travel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so he, he adjusts pretty quickly to the crazy fact that he has been cast oh he becomes the cock about cock about town isn't he <laughs> yeah. Yeah. cock of the walk yeah <laughs> in that life preserve anyone yeah, yeah. would think uh, the bees knees but I would stay in 55 say- like he's absolutely running that town <laughs> He's found his well, calling. This is the thing. He can, I mean, he obviously wants to get back to his, his girlfriend and mm, lose a dad, yeah. alcoholic fat mum. But uh, if you knew everything that was going to happen, you could just be a bloody millionaire, couldn't you? Wow. You're getting to the sequel. Yeah. As you say, he's just a, a cock about town. Uh, obviously, he freaks out a little bit meeting his mum, meeting his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he inadvertently kind of fucks himself up here. Uh, turning point of the film, I would say where he stops Dad George from getting hit by the car, therefore preventing his mum and dad having that first moment together. Lorraine, I'll give her this. She was looking great in 55, but nonetheless, it's still your mum, so a bit mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> Sweet bod, but still a mum bod. Do you I am her? flattered. <laughs> but the answer is no. But taken. <laughs> Maybe a little curious. <laughs> <laughs> but she's so horny mm. oh, oh my she's, god she's like, left breathless yeah where marty mcfly um, <laughs> yeah, defends himself in front of beth ever been left breathless right um no certainly not by a man being hit by a car <laughs> um what's the song breathless 
Uh, it's by the cause. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking of you, thinking of that song. Yeah. It's the national anthem. <laughs> Did you say it's the national, the national anthem? anthem of Ireland? <laughs> Breathless by the cause. <laughs> um, so this is where we meet Doc Circa 55, who same looks age. The same. looks exactly like Doc oh, but I love Circa when, 85. And he's still going at the same speed. Like, <laughs> like he would have slowed down significantly. You can't keep up that. He hasn't yeah. stopped for yeah. 30 years. Hasn't he? He's going to, when he crashes. He needs guy. a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he crashes. <laughs> There's that massive breakdown yeah. in 86. Yeah. So and the, then he just joins a yoga retreat. Yeah. <laughs> Ponders. The, he's Jeff Bezos <laughs> stepping down from Amazon. Yeah. What do you think Bezos pants. is going... Like kind of like the Twitter head, straight to Myanmar to do yeah. a silent retreat. <laughs> so after he's, you know, taken his yahe, the doc realizes without plutonium, basically Marty McFly is stuck here. So he's got to make good. The doc quickly realizes that having seen the parents not meet, this could actually jeopardize Marty, Marty mm-hmm. McFly's very bloody existence. So space-time continuum. Start basically half an hour of the film where it's just Marty trying to like be friends with George, get Lorraine on side yeah. and not fight. Well, it becomes like a, a high school role, doesn't it? Yes, for, quite. Um, about a third of the film. Yeah. yeah. All right, punk. Now I'm going to... Whoa, whoa, Biff. What's that? That's Calvin Klein. Oh my God, he's a dream. I like Biff's gang. Yeah. Like, good example of just a gang of bullies where there's the alpha male and then, like, the weasel mates mm-hmm. that are just, like, what's the word, backing him up the whole time. And but Biff's- on their own would be cowards. Mm-hmm. And the guy with the white glasses, he looks about 40. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he looks like a, he looks like a modern-day raver that didn't grow out of raving. <laughs> and he's now 40 going out raving. And he works in HMV. <laughs> It's like, Dave, just like grow up. <laughs> when are you ever going to buy a house? <laughs> Do you think you can ever give up raving? Well, I, I definitely know a few ravers who like made it into their 40s when I was working at a supermarket and they were just working there. And I was like, man, like, <laughs> you've got to give up eyes. raving. Yeah. <laughs> because one, Is it really worth all this? <laughs> What's minimum shows? minimum wage yeah. so they can afford their pills on the weekend. Um, I, I was accidentally at the rave stage at the Koh Phangan full moon party in Thailand one year oh full of and I just look around at what I come to like I've transported there and I look around moment. wait a second these men are all 60 years old oh, plus God. you went forward 30 years <laughs> and they're all in uh, like neon fluorescent uh, like crop tops or tank tops which say I love Kopangyan oh my god <laughs> and all these really young Thai women around them so oh. all I'll say to my own question that I just posed to you Rudy is right. no raving never dies one vital detail I need to mention here is that we need to save the clock tower mm-hmm. another nice plot device a lovely yeah I'd say this is like the, the main MacGuffin of the film mm. here obviously he needs some extraordinary amount of power but thankfully to the clock tower in 1955, luck would have it, stopping at exactly 10.03, 10.04 on a Saturday night, we know what's going to happen, where we can harness this energy and potentially just maybe get Marty McFly back to the future. There's a lovely name drop at this point when uh, Doc was explaining this this kind of plot movement. Back to the future. What a, what a title. Mm. Yeah. Absolute yeah. banger of a title. It's a cracking title. Yeah, I think another thing to mention here is like the ridiculous scheme that Marty comes up with to get his parents together. Um, so he schemes 
to like take her to prom, mm-hmm. try to take advantage of her. And then she'll get so bloody angry that um, George will then, his dad will come in and save the day. Like, that's such a terrible plan. This incredibly horny, buttoned up woman. Yeah. yeah she, <laughs> Who's so hot for you. Yeah, yeah. she's so keen. I guess in his head, his mum was just a never, never a horny being. But he's like, well, I need to do it because there's no other option. Is there? <laughs> Act three. Act three. Let's see what happens in Act 3 with my final haiku. Great Scott! (laughs) It's time for Enchantment Under the Sea and the Clock Tower. What a lovely dance. Yeah. I love a themed high school ball. Mm -hmm. And why not Under the Sea? It's always bloody Under the Sea, isn't it? it? (laughs) Is it? I feel like it is. What was the theme of your one? Do you remember? Uh, There was no theme. The theme was like underage drinking. (laughs) (laughs) You guys Uh, had balls. An ageless theme. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We had a ball, yeah. I never had one. You never had a ball. It was just before that became a thing in the UK. Uh, really? Yeah, I was, I think, the last. I was the last ballless generation. Really? <laughs> and no tuition fees. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, swings and roundabouts. <laughs> so, I'll take my minus fifteen grand debt for no ball. <laughs> I'd say it was definitely a fifteen thousand pound like experience. Yeah. <laughs> it was wow. Worth as you feel. Every yeah. Shekel. Thirty thousand dollar redos. <laughs> what do you call pence? Every pence. Oh, I was way off. <laughs> Shekels Israeli. (laughs) (laughs) Worth every shekel. Jesus Christ. So as Roisin alluded to, um, Marty's having a bit of a weird time. She must have just thought he was gay or something. Like she was just trying on the moves and he wasn't interested at all. No, but that made her all the hotter though, didn't it? What, trying like, to turn yeah, like, and, no, like having to work for it she she thinks he's a gentleman yeah. and mm. she's so used to men just accosting her right as, with their meat hooks yeah with their meat hooks <laughs> as Biff continually does it's not Gets even like your meat hooks it's me. such yeah. aggressive flirting yeah. that it's yeah, literally sexual assault yeah. well exactly so what Mar- Marty gets out right he basically excuses himself what does Biff well, well so, no, so, 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 that, so she kisses him and then like has a moment of realisation that this isn't right because mm. I'm kissing my boy um, so he gets out of the car then as he gets out Biff gets in yeah right yeah Biff gets in and then like shuts the door mm. and tells everyone to leave which yeah. was like and a terrifying well it starts moment. like sexually assaulting yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's a pretty heavy mm. scene to be honest uh, but thankfully George checks his watch like he's just having a great time inside <laughs> he's got one job to do for the woman he loves and he's just like having a boogie on the enchanted <laughs> dance floor oh well, the one thing I've got to do tonight okay. so he, go- he goes out and stops Biff right in his tracks and after a confrontation, smacks him square in the fucking jaw. Mm. Take that, you bloody rapist. Yeah, great. I really I really enjoyed that because mm. fuck Biff, man. Mm. Yeah. Well, and it's the turning point for George's whole character arc of life. Mm-hmm. Right. When he stands up to Biff. Yeah, yeah, and hell yeah. I mean... What do you think of the conventional narrative of the man saving the woman, Ray? Well... And then that's his reward. I, I, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> reward. Yeah, right. Instantly. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously there are some issues with that. And the fact that all he needed to do was just be a friggin' man. Yeah, be he, an alpha. And then yeah. he has a wonderful life and yeah. she's super happy. So obviously that doesn't really send the mm. right message. Um, well, so that's interesting. So one of the themes is like individualism and um, like self-reliance. Like it's seen as a very Reagan era film mm. that it's all about How like so? standing up. Well, cause it's like the narrative arc is about like standing up for yourself and like, you know, literally plodding, plodding your own path 
through your future. Right. So when George stands up to himself and whacks Biff, we then find out in the future he has a successful life. Because, mm. like, he, you know, like you can change your own, de- everything's in your mind, you can change your own destiny. And it's like, and if you're a failure and if you're poor, then that's your fault because you can change your own destiny. Mm. So it's like the double edged sword. So it's seen as, yeah, like a symbol of Reaganism, kind of like John Hughes films at the same time. One thing, so one thing I wanted to bring up was how time works in this movie because every movie with time travel has like a different Mm. conception of what happens when you go back in time because some movies when you go back in time you're like you're you're a split self so you can interact with your past Mm. self others you like go into who you were at that time um in some movies like terminator you can't change anything so anything you do will just lead to the inevitable future but in back to the future you can Mm-mm. you, you well, can change things, yes but then no. other things yes are no. d- yeah. determined, like the clock tower. Yeah, exactly, because that suggests that like Marty always had to travel back in time. Exactly. That was always because that's why the clock tower wasn't working, because mm-hmm. Doc used it for the energy. Um, but then he had the photo of him disappearing and he then loses all his energy on stage while he's playing guitar. Right. Because they're not going to get together and he like he could not exist. So it then suggests that there isn't like determinism. And that there is free will, yeah. So, but then, but then it's an alternate reality because mm. then what happened to the parents? Mm. Yeah, I think it's from the other reality. I think it's badly conceived. Yeah, I as, think it's yeah. I think it's poorly conceived. Yeah. <laughs> In conclusion, <laughs> terrible film. <laughs> I feel like the time travel. If you don't have everything leading up to like determinism, mm. it's a really difficult well, concept to play with. Well, I guess as but like if you put it back to the theme of this is a Reagan era film of individualism and like self determination, you can't have determinism. You can't have a film that says mm. no everything's determined. You can't change anything. Right. But then the other message of the film is you can be whoever you want to be. Mm-hmm. Like that's your right. destiny. Yeah. Thematically, it just doesn't work. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> Doc said. Doc said. <laughs> well, thankfully, most of the you know moving going audience in '85 just wanted to see Michael J. Fox on a stage cute. playing some Chuck Berry in a life and preserver. going for it. Yeah, he also invented rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah so ridiculous. Which is another like deterministic <laughs> element, and the skateboard. Yeah, and the body warmer. And the body warmer. <laughs> Over a denim jacket. He was the most important man of the tw- of the 20th yeah. century. <laughs> most influential yeah. figure. He was the pop culture what Newton was to gravity. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, he, he similar to his you know ditzy dad, he's enjoying the... Ditzy? <laughs> I've never heard the word ditzy applied to a man. <laughs> well, he's enjoying enchantment of the sea so much yeah, yeah, that yeah. he forgets that he needs Just to go back nerd. to his future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I've got to get back to my timeline. So, uh, you know, I this this bit gets a bit silly. There's, you know, mistake upon mistake. The climactic, you know, tension is ratcheted up when he can't connect, you know, connect the wire before the lightning comes. Yeah, it's just, it's just bullshit Jeopardy. Yeah. Bullshit Jeopardy, exactly that. Landfill Jeopardy. Yeah, exactly that. But I will say that it segued into the future and one of my favorite moments I forgot that the original ended like this, that things had changed. The dad having hit Biff, the asshole, became this super successful man. Lorraine was, you know, happy. Off the booze. And, Off the booze. And Biff in the future has got like something wrong with yeah. him. <laughs> He's been lobotomized. Yeah. He Lobotomizing was- Biff was the best thing we ever did. Yes, sir, Mr. McFly, whatever you want, Mr. McFly. And, and I was thinking like, so he nearly, he nearly raped his wife. 
But he is great at doing wax jobs, <laughs> so we keep him around. <laughs> Strong wrists. Yeah. <laughs> but um, great Adidas one piece as well, right? Yeah, green Adidas yeah. tracksuit. Yeah. And to me, I mean, this is the one that really sticks out. It must be one of the first kind of films that really the end of the movie is the segue to the next uh, yeah. setting it up f- like instantly for the sequel Marty you've got to come back with me where back to the future so exciting your kids Marty it's your kids <laughs> <laughs> You do a really good, like, frantic dog. No, I'm just discovering that now on this podcast. Uh, and that's, that, for me, was the film. Bloody great rewatch, I will say. Mm. I loved it. Yeah. I, the, loved this is the first time I've ever watched it from the start, although I've seen it probably 20 times. Mm. It's always on, like, midday TV uh, in the UK. Yeah, uh, So that was a treat to see mm-hmm. the start. Yeah. And that's why I think I forgot, like, probably the start and the end. Um, I also really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Marty's really likeable. There are loads of little references and ditties and like everything they bring up in the first act is resolved in the third. Like everything. Yeah. It's so crisply shot as well. It's like the colour, the palette is so vivid. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The production standard is amazing. And Mm. I'm happy for Zemeckis. He finally got his hit. Well, he had his hit before that-ish. Romancing the Stone. Yep. Mm. Minor hit. But this was massive. Oh, this is one of the biggest films ever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Compared to this. Romancing the Stones, a piece of shit. I've been to the Romancing the Stones set in Cartagena. (laughs) Hotel Hotel Cartagena. 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 (laughs) Um, How many unwanted kisses from your mother would you give this uh, out of five? And like, where are we kissing on the body? Oh God! Oh, well, like yeah. kiss, kiss on the cheek or kiss on the lips is what I'm. When I say body, say face. But it's unwanted kisses, so does it matter? I'm gonna go kisses on the cheek. (laughs) because i respect my mother i'd say four verging on four and a half Mm -hmm. but i'm not going to do it four for me yeah i'd uh, probably say four and a half eskimo kisses Mm, eskimo kisses (laughs) you know is that with the eyelashes yeah you rub noses oh i'm thinking of butterfly (laughs) do you do that with your mother (laughs) (laughs) i used to do it with my auntie when i was a kid (laughs) that'd be weird at my age (laughs) at my age (laughs) i would give it four big old kisses on the lips oh yeah yeah yeah, it's a comfortable relationship (laughs) all right well thank you all for joining us thank you jeff kit from australia thank you rudy davis from inglaterra uh we will be back with more retro movies from the 80s 90s or possibly even the 50s or possibly oh my god do you think we'd ever do one from the 50s invasion of the body snatchers <laughs> Ro- Rose it's kind of a classic <laughs> <laughs> 12 angry do. men that's all i've got <laughs> 12 angry men that would be a great one i haven't seen it <laughs> it's a classic yeah it's really highly rated we should do it join us for 12 angry men (laughs) next week next week on vhs and chill